Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Michigan Film Vault, a podcast about films in Michigan that are apparently locked away. I don't know. I guess the metaphor doesn't go that long or that far. <sighs> this is already a disaster. No pre-production. No but pre-plan. That's okay. It's okay. You know, this is our this is our rule. Yeah. We don't do anything beforehand, and it's terrible all the time. We want to get away with this with as little effort as possible. Yeah, just like all podcasts. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I am one of your hosts, Nick Noel. I uh, am am still talking for some reason, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna step away now and let somebody else handle it. I'm your other host, Matt Giles, and this week we're discussing "Presumed Innocent," a Harrison Ford. I guess would you call it a thriller? Uh, I I guess I mean yeah. in, it's it's as thrilling as someone eating a tuna fish sandwich, but maybe you didn't expect that tuna fish sandwich to be made with mayo. I guess. <laughs> well, so there we go. We don't even need to have a podcast this week. Everyone knows <laughs> your feelings about the movie. That's, I mean, that's a bit hyperbolic. You know, that's yeah. a bit hyperbolic, as as most things I say are. <laughs> So why, so Matt, you chose this movie. Why did you pick this one? Um, so it's, so the, the answer is, is semi-serious, but then, you know, we'll, I, I'll, we'll get into what we thought of the movie, but... Uh, what if we didn't? Yeah. What if this is, this is a review podcast and we never mention what we thought of the movie? Yeah. Just, We're just going to mix it up. Yeah, you know? we'll just say what it is and then, you know... Yeah, it it's more of a, it's more of an audio database of, <laughs> yeah. of movies we kind of watched. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the reason that I chose this one, um, was kind of twofold. One, uh, so I was always very close with, uh, my grandma, Julia, who passed away a few years ago. And one, like one of our many conversations that we would have would be about like movies that she wanted me to check out. Cause we always bonded over, uh, the movies that we, that we liked. And, uh, mm-hmm. she, this was one of three movies that she recommended to me that she had seen on like one of the movie channels and uh, she was surprised by how good she thought it was. Um, okay. And so I was, we, we had started doing this podcast and then I realized that this movie was also one of the ones that was shot in Detroit. And so I had been for whatever reason, just kind of thinking about my grandma lately, I'd been missing her. And so I was like, Oh, I should check out like one of these movies that we talked about. And I've been curious about it for a while. And then because it was, shot in detroit i was like oh this would be a perfect opportunity to you know watch this for the podcast and then discuss it um had you have you seen had you seen this before i had not no i uh, the the so the the regret that i have is that the three movies um that she had told me about this was one of them i hadn't i had been meaning to watch before she passed away so that we could talk about them and then i just didn't and then you know it's been two years now and i was just kind of they've always been in the back of my mind and so i don't know mm-hmm. it just kind of it, it worked out that way i found out that it was shot in detroit and that kind of you know lit the fire under my ass to uh to watch it and yeah sure. <laughs> what uh what are the other two movies is one of them showgirls <laughs> as a matter of fact <laughs> <clears throat> no uh she I was, uh, I'm a huge fan of the shop around the corner, the Jimmy Stewart, Margaret Sullivan movie. And so she recommended sure. another, they did four movies together and she recommended w- another one of them called the sh- um, uh, mortal storm. Uh, what? Mortal storm. Mortal uh, storm. Sure. Yeah. 
which I have recorded on my DVR because it aired on Turner Classic Movies, you know, a while ago. And then the other one was another Turner Classic Movies one called uh, King's Row, which I can't remember the actors that are in that one, but she recommended those three. They're they're very different plot synopsis wise, but um, my grandma was mm. one who she always described it as she liked uh, she liked shoot 'em ups and she didn't like any. Uh, any sex or anything like that in movies which is why i'm surprised now having yeah. seen presumed innocent that she liked it as much as she did because it's uh for a harrison ford movie it's a little well, bit they, more okay yeah but they probably cut that on turner classic movies no they don't they turner classic movies they don't cut anything really uh, yeah i am i am surprised i am yeah, surprised they by leave that it, they leave it unedited uh-huh. huh but yeah, uh, so I was, I, and you know, it was a Harrison Ford movie. She she really pitched it as like, you know, it keeps you guessing until the end. I think a while ago, I, um, you know, they had the classic, you know, Siskel and Ebert uh, clips online, and it was on one of their shows, and I watched their review of it, and they were they spoke highly of it, saying that it was a like twist just kept coming, and they kept going back and forth on what they thought the the resolution of the movie would be, and then it came up with you know eyes at the end so i was like okay maybe this is something that i should check out but uh yeah sure. i think i think your your takeaway from it might be similar to mine which is i you know i was i appreciate what the movie was doing and i was actually surprised by the ending but it was a very slow uh slow oh, movie. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't pace itself well yeah this movie is is a very it's 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 generous to call it a slow burn you know <laughs> Yeah, it's and it, it it at times feels like two different movies. Yeah, like it's got this weird, like beginning part where I guess weird isn't the right word, um, but beginning part where someone is investigating a a murder of a colleague, and then a radical shift to them being accused of the murder they were investigating, and then last five minutes turns into like this weird thriller part like yeah and i was it was interesting because i'm watching this movie and you know it's a little over two hours long and i don't think he's even accused until pretty much the hour mark so it's like like yeah and i'm also like he's supposed to be a prosecuting attorney and then they're like investigate her death and it's like is this what is this what prosecuting attorneys do? Like I've seen my fair share of law and order, but like this just, it felt like he was, even though he was working with cops, it's like, why is he doing all of this stuff? Like what's, I, I didn't, I understood like everything with yeah. Brian Dennehy and the reelection, like, but it's still, it felt like outside of the purview of his normal work. But I mean, I mean, knows. that's a, that's a good point. I guess I don't know enough about how, prosecutors actually work to know how much investigating they actually I mean I know they have to like build a case and like collect evidence but isn't that after the police have done an investigation yeah and it's like doing his own like it's like he has all the answers and it's like the the whole thing is too is like it's slowly revealed that like he and this this uh, murdered colleague had uh, a relationship an extramarital affair that his wife you know knows about him about and apparently forgave him for um his mm-hmm. wife is played by bonnie bedelia who was john McClane's wife holly and in, in die hard one and two for yes. those trying to place who she is um she's but, also in the show parenthood yes exactly she played 
the 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 matriarch of a of a family. <laughs> she played a parent in Parenthood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting, like you know, they had this whole relationship, and yeah, like maybe you don't know what's going on with your your colleagues and stuff like that, but you would think that like Brian Dennehy's character would you know kind of be like ah, you two work together. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you're too close to this, but instead it's just like, no, like you need to be. Well, I guess the implication is that nobody knew, I suppose, that they had an affair and he didn't want to tell anybody. I mean. I guess, but it's, okay. So like, here's the thing that I found confusing is they set up this thing, uh, like over the course of the movie, you find out that like, this woman um, who is played primarily in flashbacks because um, the the movie starts with her being murdered, <laughs> uh, basically, um, has had affairs with a lot of different people um, as a way to kind of, the implication is a way to like enhance her career, you know? So she'll kind of like, you know, this is sort of like sleeping her way to the top kind of thing, which, you know, is problematic in some respects. Uh, they don't, I guess they don't say that all women do this. So I guess it's it's not super sexist, but it is kind of a trope um, that everybody just kind of accepts in this movie that this is this type of woman. And the fact that they think that this is a type of woman, which I don't know, I I, I don't, I don't have experience with it, but I doubt that this is as a common occurrence as as seems to be perpetuated in in popular culture, um, and so anyway, like so that that gets revealed, um, and then they 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 so they're doing an investigation, and then as soon as it looks like they they gather evidence that Harrison Ford might be the one who murdered her, it shifts into this courtroom drama uh, where as the audience, you feel that he might, he might've done it one or he might be being framed because Brian Dennehy, who was his boss, the the city prosecutor, the state prosecutor, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The attorney, essentially the, the attorney general, I guess, for the state of Michigan. Um, I think it's supposed to be like, they're using Detroit- maybe it's the city. Yeah, City like attorney? I feel like they're trying to do. I feel like it's it's deliberately like they're setting it in New York. They never really specify, and they're using. I, I thought Detroit. it was took place in Michigan. I, I that it's fuzzy. Yeah, but. I get because I remember seeing the Michigan flag in that guy's office. Maybe 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 they don't it. specifically ever call it out, but yeah, they they just I don't, say the city. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was supposed to take place in detroit they just i guess aren't that clear about it i guess you're right they never really say hey by the way i'm going to detroit yeah Uh, i mean he clearly lives in windsor and is taking the ferry across does he live in that seems weird that he would live in windsor but yeah and be a prosecutor for another maybe he lives in ohio i don't know (laughs) i don't know how any of this works um because, like, if he's taking the ferry, that would make more sense that it would be in New York. But if it's in New York, you would expect more iconic New York landmarks. Yeah. So they wouldn't set it in New York and then not show New York buildings, you know? Which I didn't yeah. see any of. Um, yeah. 
So anyway, like when Harrison Ford is accused, Brian Dennehy changes his story about how Harrison Ford asked to be put on the case when really Brian Dennehy asked, like kind of forced him to. Um, So you kind of feel like he's being framed, but then that kind of dissolves into nothing. So there's the implication is just that Brian Dennehy forgot. Like there isn't any other reason to do that. To like set it up so that it looks like in his testimony that Brian, that uh, Harrison Ford actually did it or was really trying to get the case. um, Except that Brian Dennehy just forgot that that's the way it happened, which always, which seems weird, but is also maybe accurate about how these things might work. Yeah, I think if, if, I think what you're what I hear you getting at is that the the twists in this kind of happen for for the sake of a twist as opposed yeah. to being like narrative like you know plot sense, um, mm-hmm. which I, I kind of got to like I I was really expecting like much more of from the way that like people like my grandma and like, you know, they talked about it on Siskel and Ebert back in the day, like much more courtroom drama and like being, you know, essentially presented with the evidence of like, here's why he did it. And here's why he didn't. And like you really being like up in the air as to whether or not he did. And they kind of, that kind of gets played up a little bit more near the end. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But it just, it didn't feel as, as twisty. Um, as I as I thought it did, um, and I guess are we fine spoiling things on this? Or oh yeah, we? we're just. I mean, this is a nearly thirty year old movie. Yeah. So. Um, well, so you know, near at the at the end of the movie, the 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 woman that was killed, she was um, bludgeoned to death by um, some sort of sharp object, and at the end of the movie, once Harrison Ford's character is exonerated, he's doing some housework and goes. Um, to grab a hammer the hammer breaks and so he goes into his toolbox and pulls out another um tool weird multi-hatchet hammer thing which i've never seen and then you see that there's there's blood on it and hair on it and so my my thing the entire time i was watching this movie was i was like i went into it thinking like it's the opposite of the fugitive where he's accused of murder and didn't do it. I'm thinking that this is one where, you know, he's accused of murder and he actually did do it. So I thought that this reveal was going to be like the way that the camera kind of holds on his face and he kind of looks like guilty. And then he goes in, he takes the the bloody tool and goes into uh, the garage to wash it off. I'm thinking like he's getting rid of evidence, but then it turns out that it was his wife who killed the woman and she had the, the, you know, the, the weapon in, in the toolbox and that mm-hmm. just kind of came out of left field. So I was actually surprised by the ending, but I don't know that it was a good surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is one of those like things where you can be like, I mean, I guess that's technically possible, yeah. but you haven't set, like you haven't set up, you haven't built any clues. Like it is this big revelation that like, doesn't feel earned you know um although you know it okay fine like it's a very tense kind of scene where like it's just kind of cutting back and forth like close-ups on on bonnie bedelia and harrison ford and they play it really well um but it it really does seem to come out of left field and not 
not feel like any kind of emotional payoff at all. Um, you know, and it seems like the moral of the movie is like, you know, women be crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and the other thing too is like, um, she even says to him, like she, I guess did this like out of spite, but like she didn't want him to be framed for it or like go up and it's like, but she, the, she framed him for it so that yeah. he would cover it up. Yeah. I guess is uh, the idea. But yeah. then he didn't do a good enough job of covering it up. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, this is one. And, you know, again, not to like make this podcast, you like a therapy session about my, uh, my grandma, but like, this is one where like now, like I even more so regret not watching this movie before she had passed away because I would have been very curious as to what she, uh, what she thought of it, like why she, she liked it so much. Cause she was really like, I mean, usually we saw pretty much eye to eye on movies. Like these, mm-hmm. I'm not holding up our, our movie choices as like the greatest in the world, but we just, we enjoyed similar genres of movies. Um, and uh, so I'm surprised that she liked this one as much as she did. Cause I went into it like really excited knowing, you know, my grandma had a pretty good track record of picking things that I usually liked. And mm-hmm. by the end of this, I was like, man, this is just a, a weird movie. And then I found out too, that the director of the movie is the same director as all the president's men, which is a great like political thriller movie. And then this one is just kind of all over the map. So it was even more of a letdown, I guess. But. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be, you know, not to, not to you know put any cast any aspersions or anything on your your grandmother, but you know a lot of a lot of people sometimes have uh, blank spots and maybe and I know for a lot of uh, women of a certain age, Harrison Ford is just like you just like anything he's in, you know, like yeah, could, not, it could just be like Harrison Ford's a nice boy and yeah. I like all his movies. You know, the weirdly, I'm not going to go on too much of a tangent, but I kind of like for whatever reason. Uh, I have like that feeling of like towards anything that Kevin Costner is in. I just like, I instantly like feel Kevin like Kevin Costner. I know it's random. It's like completely <laughs> random, but like, for instance, and I know this is probably going to come up more on a future podcast, but you know, the, the, the man of steel, Batman V Superman movie, like <laughs> spoiler alert now for my opinion on a future show. I don't really like anything about Batman V Superman. However, there is one scene in it when, Clark is uh, on a mountain randomly and Kevin Costner's ghost show up and he talks to him and then he says, you know, I miss you, dad. And he's like, I miss you too, son. And like, mm-hmm. that's the best scene in the movie for me. Similarly in justice league, him uh, being buried with a picture of Kevin Costner. I'm just like, I don't know what it is about, you know, this whole thing, but I, Kevin Costner just makes me well up with tears. I, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, to your point about Harrison Ford, I could, I could see that being, yeah. Uh, something similar for my grandma and others uh, like her. But. So I've seen, I, I'd realized I'd seen a couple other of this guy's movies. Um, I thought I hadn't, but I have seen at least one. I saw the Pelican Brief mm-hmm. and maybe at some point I saw the Devil's Own. Um, so I guess his last, his last foyers into cinema. I'd never seen All the President's Men or really any of these others. Um but he also directed Sophie's Choice, which is supposed to be a really good movie. But I wonder if that's more of how much that's directing and how much that's just Meryl Streep's performance in it. Yeah. Um, 
be because like I also like left the Pelican brief with a very similar feeling of how I left this movie of <laughs> just like, yeah, that was it. What? Okay. I guess that's fine. Cause what, I didn't read like I always thought the Pelican brief was like a code word for some like crazy spy thing, but it's no, it's literally a legal brief about Pelicans <laughs> like, and how they're in some protected area or something. It is. And, and the, the main uh, action involves, I think um, Julia Roberts doing law research. So I, I also couldn't get into that. Um, I mean, what what sounds more cinematic than Julia Roberts doing law research? I mean, anytime you hear you hear the phrase research, you think you know thriller, obviously. Yeah. But okay, like for instance, I, I know maybe it's not a fair comparison because it's you know a more recent movie, and this movie, like you said, is, is it Harry it, Potter? Are you going to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the realism in Harry Potter. Let me. Yeah. Say. No, but like a movie like Spotlight, which I love. That movie is all about like. The, the process the slow and painstaking process but even though like i wouldn't qualify it as a thriller it is kind of one of those like you know i that's one that i um have watched you know a few times because you know it's a newspaper movie and i like those types of movies but um, yeah, you like those those fantasy movies about when newspapers were viable yeah exactly uh but um those historical epics yeah exactly that's what it feel, feels like but th- that's a movie i feel like is you know it, it gets kind of the, the 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 slow methodical nature of doing something like that like investigating this this major crime like it gets all of that right without the movie itself feeling like a drag. Whereas Mm -hmm. this movie, like it's, I think it's meant to be slow. Like to your point about it feeling two like two separate movies. I think the first half is meant to be a little bit slower, like kind of the process of figuring out what happened, but then the whole courtroom proceeding, like I just felt like it should have been paced differently. I don't know. It, it is interesting. Like how, except for some like a little bit more theatricality, like it does feel more like how a lawyer would approach a case. Like there's no like yelling, like Lauren and I um, were watching it and we were just comparing it to, um, Oh, that Matthew McConaughey, John Grisham movie with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, a time Um, to kill. Yeah. Time to kill of like you know the the famous is like yeah i think they deserve to die i hope they burn in hell like yeah. there is no that moment like harrison ford doesn't even take the stand like, yeah exactly there's no he's just always in the back like asserting his fifth amendment rights <laughs> like, yeah um which is but, i guess like what you do like it, it, i maybe it deserves praise for if if we can believe it's sticking to true life like your lawyer tells you to do something and you do it like yeah most well, movies, like, it's like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to have this like, you know, major moment, but yeah. And I guess they were gonna, uh, there was a little bit of tension that he was going to take the stand if they couldn't get the case dismissed. And it does subvert your expectations because you don't expect the case to just be dismissed. Yeah. You know, you expect him to be either wrongfully imprisoned or uh, justifiably, you know, exonerated. Not just like you didn't meet your burden of proof. Out yeah. with you, case. Like, yeah. um, although it does play into this corruption angle, which is kind of why I wish they'd leaned into Detroit a little bit more. 
Um, cause Detroit historically is a relatively corrupt city. Um, if people want to learn more about it, uh, listen to the podcast crime town, uh, season two is all about Detroit. Um, also listen to this podcast cause you know, no, it's fine. We know things. <laughs> Do we though? <laughs> no, um, little effort as possible. So like, but that's the thing. It's like the, it didn't, maybe on rewatch we'd we'd get more of a sense but you know the first time you watch a movie at least for me i'm trying to follow the plot not you know what historic landmarks is it is it using as its setting and you know i'm not dissecting the mise-en-scene yeah. um and but you don't i don't get a sense of like detroit or michigan in it it's just like yeah this might be in michigan yeah ryan dennehy had a flag so that we don't talk about, but it certainly looks like Michigan's flag. <laughs> well, and I think though, you know, to your point too, like uh, I know you said, like why would he, why would he live in Windsor and commute across? Like the only thing that I got, like as far as corruption goes, was that, like you know, again, it's never explicitly stated where they're at, but they do talk about like corruption, and I feel like the city being dangerous is at some point implied, yeah. if not like explicitly, you know, stated there, and so I could see like. Oh, he lives, you know, across the river in Windsor um, and commutes into Detroit because, you know, it's a dangerous city, that kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that was more of a common practice in uh, 1990 or 91, whenever this movie came out. Um, but, you know, that was kind of like the only hints of it that I got. Like, I was trying to think like, okay, like, why is he taking the ferry across? Like, and, you know. And if you're being generous, you could say, the idea is that this could be any city in America. Like yeah. any place is this corrupt and this messed up and okay, fine. But um, it's still like left without a sense of uh, like a strong identity then. Um, yeah. And it's the same, like it maybe it kind of mirrors, I'm going to be super generous and say that like that kind of low key, you know, not providing too much detail in the surroundings is a mirror of the um, characterization of uh, Rusty. I don't remember his last name, but the Harrison Ford character. Um, uh, Savage. Yeah. Um, Savage or Sabic. Yeah. Something like that. Um, which I don't, I don't want to go down this rat hole, rabbit hole too far, but a very ethnic name for Harrison Ford to be portraying. Um, but you know, whatever that's it's it was the 90s um point being that you know he because throughout the whole movie up until the very end i think they're trying to walk this line between you not knowing whether he did it or not yeah you know they never go to any of the points of him like he doesn't describe what he did he never like when he's making um his pleas that he, you know, didn't murder her. It could also be a unreliable narrator. You know, you have no evidence that he wasn't there. Yeah. You know, like it takes place the next day. Like we didn't see any of the stuff that was leading up to, you know, where he was when that murder took place. Um, and so because of that, he's a very internal character. So he doesn't, the character doesn't give away to the audience whether he did it or not. Um, and you kind of have to, and I think that's what they're hoping will pull you along in the story. But then it also, you know, this is the danger of 
making a story about a potentially bad person or, you know, depending on how strongly you're against infidelity, you know, a very bad person um, is that if he's also your cipher for the audience, the audience may not like your movie because they don't like your main character. And that's kind of how I felt. Like, I was just like, I don't care what happens to this guy because he's not giving me a reason to. If he's a murderer, let's have him go to jail. If he's not, uh, I guess this is a miscarriage of justice, but it also seems like the only way he's winning is by being kind of corrupt and like hiding evidence and also using a um, corrupt judge uh, or a formerly corrupt judge uh, using that as leverage to get him to dis- dismiss the case. Yeah, I I think it's fair to use, you know, two other Harrison Ford movies, um, like to, just as Star as, Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, like to prove your point about like how you just don't care, um, like, like his performance in this, I think his performance, like it's not, again, it feels like more of like on the director than, Harrison Ford's because I still think like he's doing a good job but he doesn't to your point like he doesn't well this is what he has to do for the way that this movie is told yeah exactly and so uh, the two movies that I would call out would be you know the fugitive obviously which is like the easiest comparison but you look at that movie and like you are completely on board and like wanting him well they but you as the audience see that he didn't do it from the beginning Correct. You know? But the other one that I would point to where it is more sinister. Can I guess? What? Yeah, go for it. Is it what lies below beneath? Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. Like the, the fact that you were like, you know, you, you think of that one, like there's one where like, to me, I was guessing until the end because he was he was convincing like, oh, it was just this. She, this woman killed herself. But then at the end of it, you find out that like, you know, no, he's just kind of psychotic. And then he mm-hmm. goes full blown psychopath i I thought that would have been more interesting like not to see him on a rampage at the end but for him to like kind of smirk and smile that he got away with it Mm -hmm. but this movie wasn't doing that i'm not mad at it for not doing that but i don't think that his wife doing it worked like yeah it's just not as compelling yeah um especially because there's no like nobody set it up like if they'd had points where it's just like okay but who else could it be and then you're compelled that way and that's why they don't reveal it fine but they give you no other real options of like maybe it might have been Brian Dennehy but they don't really go down that road at all yeah um, i don't know what and- i was expecting either like i i think going into this for whatever reason like no one had told me this like i hadn't i tr- i deliberately tried to stay away from any kind of spoilers on it because i wanted to be surprised which you know i still was but again it wasn't a good surprise yeah. um but I think I was expecting more like to the, the courtroom drama part of it, like like the prosecution presenting their side and us seeing like flashbacks of him actually doing it. And then the the um, defense presenting their side and us seeing the, fl- the flashbacks that, you know, like Harrison Ford would have us believe. And so when I heard like this is a movie that keeps you guessing for whatever mm-hmm. reason in my mind, that's what I thought it was going to be doing was like, oh, we're going to see not necessarily the same scene over and over again, but we're going to see like how that played out and how it played out another way to where we're convinced much like a jury would be like that he either did it or he didn't depending on how well each side presents itself. And it, it didn't, it didn't do any of that, which yeah. is fine, but 
I think I was a little bit let down because I had, for whatever reason, I had that in my mind, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to see. We're, you know, we're going to see how this played out on both sides. But yeah, I, I do like the idea of using this, the fugitive and what lies beneath as like a Harris, Harrison Ford potential murderer trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> and a kind of running the gamut of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's, let's, look at like okay is there anything you actually liked about this movie what was what was good um because i have a couple things but yeah i i liked i liked that it was a different harrison ford performance and i actually after the movie i was reading some of the trivia about it and the reason that his hair is cut short is because they wanted to deliberately make like i guess it was seen as kind of like um a less manly haircut i guess to have his hair that short and they want they didn't want him to be like you know an indiana jones type like they wanted him to be kind of like more you know down to earth i mean Uh, it's it's funny because when i saw his haircut i was just like oh so this is the haircut he had in blade runner yeah exactly that's yeah (laughs) even though they were shot this was shot like several years later like seven uh, years later yeah Uh, but yeah even though like i agree with you like it um the movie didn't make me care about his character. I still thought Harrison Ford, like he wasn't phoning it in. Like he was, he was giving the performance. Like yeah. as he wasn't firewalling as, it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I, I think I liked, I liked that aspect of it, that it was, it was a different kind of Harrison Ford performance, which um, even, even you making the firewall joke, like I don't, there's not really any performance that he gives where I'm like actively mad at him. Like I'm mm. I just kind of always enjoy seeing him on screen. And then this is kind of, you know, this is how, you know, a movie. You need bad. to watch Hollywood homicide, I think, <laughs> because he ne- never more clearly does not care about being in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but that might also make him endearing. I don't know. I guess I mean, it like, could I be. Cowboys. I mean, Hollywood homicide's not a good movie. Yeah. I hate cowboys and aliens, but I enjoy that Harrison Ford is in it. Mm. Um, but uh but no the other thing that i would say that i liked about it was just you know obviously the detroit aspect of it it was kind of fun for me like they don't they don't do a lot of exteriors but it was fun like there's a one scene that they shot in eastern market and i was kind of like oh like okay this is kind of like the city has changed a lot over the years so i enjoyed trying to like see where certain things were shot and seeing how different they look compared to you know how it does today Mm -hmm which I know is kind of like a lame thing to say that you like about a movie, like the exterior <laughs> shots that, you know, second unit was shooting, but, uh, but yeah, I like, I like that aspect of it. Um, lastly, I would say, I don't know if you caught this, but I love, uh, his lawyer is played, um, by Raul Julia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gomez from the Adams family. So yep. you can't, you can't go wrong there. So I, I enjoyed seeing him. But. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to call out his, courtroom performances like just really like eloquent and beautifully kind of restrained and like but could see how he was manipulating um the people on the stand as well as the the uh, the prosecuting attorneys um i thought he did a really great job of not overplaying it you know because you could see you know, not to keep harping on John Grisham, but whenever you have a lawyer in a John Grisham movie, it's always like melodramatic usually and like <laughs> over the top. Um, and that uh, that didn't really happen here. He was very like restrained to a point. 
um, and really meticulous. And I thought that was, that was pretty impressive. Um, I mean, I liked most of the performances in general. I thought everybody did a good job. Um, it, I can't think of anybody I, I thought was bad. It was just kind of hard to keep track of. I guess it was the, the pacing of the movie I thought could have been tightened up a little bit. And I thought, although this is things I like now, so uh, I don't know why I'm bringing up bad stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I really liked, I, I can't remember the the actor's name right now, but he was also in the West Wing. Um, oh, um, John Spencer? Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Um, Bradley Whitford's in this. Yeah. He, was, he was a very good Bradley Whitford. <laughs> Clear, clearly, this was the inspiration for the West Wing. They're like, we've yeah. got two of our cast members now, so nailed let's it. Just, let's just build upon this. Exactly. Um, it's too bad they didn't get Martin Sheen to play the um, Brian Dennehy character. And then <laughs> it would have would have all fallen into place. Would have been the trifecta. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone unless you're a fan of really slower I, I i i hesitate to use the word cerebral but i will films that that don't have as as much of an emotional payoff i guess but um although you know like i said like there that last the last five minutes with bonnie bedelia and harrison ford did affect me like it was very tense and like um you know you could see kind of again in a restrained way but how the the anguish harrison ford felt for causing his his wife that much pain through his affair um that made her kind of snap i guess is is the implication um and and you, that kind of comes across. And then the way that she is just nearly broken by like, she disassociates when she's talking about, you know, murdering the, his, uh, his former, uh, lover, I guess, if you want to use that term. Yeah. I would say a movie that is, is basically, uh, devoid of, of emotion. That's the most emotional scene. Like Harrison Ford does. I mean, like he's, welling up with tears and like is just shaken he's basically mm -hmm. the audience proxy in that scene i'd say i say the movie is devoid of emotion but i mean there's a few scenes where like you know uh when they're when they're going to the flashbacks you and again this is what i liked about harrison ford was that it was a a different kind of performance like he's always the guy in most of his movies that like is reluctantly you know getting the girl it's like the the woman is always interested in him and he's kind of like yeah. oh, sweet. like the gruff and this one she kind of like just is done with him and he's kind of pathetically you know like chasing after her and like behaving as unfortunately like you know i'll throw myself in here like after bad breakups or anything like that like sometimes you're not on your uh you're, you're not at your emotional best and i saw a little bit of that in his performance where it's like wow harrison ford like actually can't do or say anything like he's just she doesn't want anything to do with him and and mm -hmm. and that's it so it was interesting to see him in that kind of uh performance which you know again i, I kind of like seeing uh a, a different side to his, yeah. his character but. and i you know for the most part i thought it worked um 
because I guess it, it worked if, if that's what they were trying to do. I guess let me put it that way. If they were trying to do it like where he is a meeker version of, of Harrison Ford than you, you've seen anywhere else, but still not like a total pushover. You know, yeah. he's just not as ambitious as you would think he was. He's not as confident. You know, he's just a, he's a, oh, he's solid person who's still like a little, uh, just not like the like really heroic type, I guess. He's he's more mild mannered and introspective than other Harrison Ford characters. He's he's just a small town boy, born and raised <laughs> in South Detroit. That's true. Uh, yep, sure. and that that sound that you hear is all the listeners unsubscribing to this podcast. I think that makes sense. That's probably that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know what? I was looking up Harrison Ford's IMDb, and uh, it, this has nothing to do with this movie, but Firewall came out two years before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and that mm-hmm. seems insane to me because, like, in my head, those are ten years apart. Like, yeah. I do not understand how Firewall was the movie he did before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And also, yeah, the it- Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls came out in 2008. Yeah. Like, 11 years ago? Yeah. That is burned into my memory as if it happened yesterday yeah his and also didn't is, happen at all yeah his career is like i mean I, I again i think having not seen all of his movies but you know a fair amount of them like he has always been consistent like even in bad movies i think i feel like he's still been like like he, even he's like if he hasn't if he doesn't give a shit like it still somehow makes his performance fun. Like I'm not going to go and say that six days, seven nights is a great movie, but like, <laughs> okay, he, he, he's, he's a riot in it. Like he might not mm. give a shit. He might be high as hell uh, in that movie. <laughs> like boy, is it fun to watch him? Uh, but his career. I've, I don't think I've ever been able to sit down. Like, I feel like maybe one time 20 years ago, I tried to sit down and watch six days and seven nights and I just couldn't, even understand it as a movie i didn't get what was happening and i just like turned it off after like 10 minutes or something yeah you know there's they're stranded on an island and then pirates show up because why not yeah Um, sure you know david schwimmer's in it because is he a pirate why not (laughs) because he was he was probably the most famous person in that movie at the time that's at the height of friends matt (laughs) friends mania they called it but yeah, my I, where I was going with that was just that you know Harrison Ford has always been consistent. His career has not always been. You could see it as like a career slump when uh, you know Firewall came out, and I feel like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was probably a resurgence for him a little bit. But again, like I don't think he would perceive it that way. Like I think he's just always consistently worked, and you know the the projects vary, but like where we might see a career slump. I think he's just kind of maintained what he's doing. Um, So, yeah. I I, mean, that is, that is true. Like, cause he is consistently doing for the most part, one to two movies a year, uh, pretty much all the time, but it doesn't feel that way to me because there'll be like four or five years where I just don't watch one because they're not interesting to me. (laughs) Yeah. But, I don't know. Do you, uh, just, just for the heck of it, do you want to name your top three Harrison Ford movies? Top five? Ooh. Um, man, you're putting me on the spot. I am. Uh, I am. 
I I do really uh, love Witness. I'm going for like the less obvious ones. Maybe okay. Witness is an obvious one, but Witness is the only movie that he's been nominated uh, for an Academy Award for, and I think deservingly hmm. so. He should he should probably be nominated for some for other movies too. But I think he gives a great performance uh, in Witness. Um, I just really like it's a it's a different kind of movie, but I think he's very compelling in it. Um, I also like The Fugitive a lot. That's, you know, over the past few years, that movie has, like, popped up on some of the movie channels a few times, and I've watched it, and I'm like, you know, like, this is, like, a solid, like, this is a good movie. Like, there's, I, I have no complaints about anything in it, and he's really good uh, in the movie. Um, sure. I'm trying to think of, like, what would be another, like, a good choice for um, – the movies that he's been <laughs> <Sorry>. in <laughs> it's like you know i want to say like something like raiders of the lost ark or like one of the star wars movies or blade runner but honestly like because i brought it up earlier i'm not i'm these are not my set in stone top three but i'm gonna go witness the fugitive and what lies beneath as far as like his giving different performances that i all thought that are all interesting to me so okay sounds good how about you um you know, I, I think also in that same vein of not picking, you know, the obvious, all the Star Wars and all the, the Indiana Jones movies, um, I would put Air Force One, I think, on there. That's a good one. I think I'd put, oh, I had a, a couple in my head, and now I put What Lies Beneath, because uh, <laughs> that's, that's a fun, you know, it's fun to, to see him as the bad guy, and I'd probably put The Fugitive. There we go. Yeah, see, I look think, at that. I think those are the solid ones. I was debating putting one of the Jack Ryan ones, but honestly, I don't know. I've just never found the Jack Ryan movies to be super compelling. Yeah. Again, again, he might be good in them, but the movies themselves are just kind of like, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think he does a good job. Like not in presumed innocence case, it's a, it's a different performance, but I think he, you know the movies that we all love him for like the indiana jones the star wars like he's very good especially in the indiana jones movies of playing a guy who is in over his head but has mm -hmm. confidence no matter what which is kind of like you know the whole like uh, you know do you have a plan idea i don't know i'm making this up as i go like that's <laughs> like 100 percent. like you know i think how he plays that character and how he probably approaches you know a lot of the work that he does which i mean as a good thing like he mm -hmm. He, he kind of brings a unique perspective to everything that he's in. Um, well, is there anything you else you, you wanted to talk about or should we wrap up this, this here episode? I think we should wrap it up. All right, everybody. Uh, well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Michigan film vault. Uh, if you like the episode, please rate review, subscribe on whatever pod uh, catcher or other device you happen to be using to, uh, find it um, you can uh, tell your friends um, you know that's always nice and uh, if you have any other questions um, shout them into the sky because at the moment we have no way of you contacting us <laughs> um, and we will see you back here next time <laughs>